right. We're glad you're here. We want to welcome you to Beckwith Baptist Church and uh, welcome you to 2022. How about that? And uh, we're looking forward to what God has in store in future days. You know, God is good, and we're just constantly reminded of that, how good the Lord is. And uh, we took a little time to look back, and, and now we're looking forward, and uh, we anticipate what God is going to do in the coming year. I trust you are as well, and uh, just have, have good things in store, and we praise the Lord for that. Well, let me just point out, we have a new gospel presentation in our bulletin today. I want to encourage you to take time to read that one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And we want to tell folks about him, make much of Jesus and lift him up. And so I want to encourage you to read that this week, if you would, and then take time to pass it on or just leave it somewhere for someone else to find and enjoy behind you, if you would. Just share the good news of Christ with them. And that's a good way to do it. There's extra ones in the back. And we have leftovers of some of the last titles. If you'd like to have a little collection, a variety maybe, uh, to give out to some people, that you can take a few of each one. And uh, you're welcome to take all that you will use and pass on to others. And we appreciate that so much. Wednesday nights, we're sharing little testimonies about how that's working and how people are receiving those. And uh, it's really interesting. I know in our experience uh, everyone's glad to, to receive these and uh, usually interested in the titles. Uh, Wednesday night seems to be echoing that same sentiment. Everyone else is finding that people are joyful about receiving those and, and kind of looking forward with anticipation what they're going to talk about. So uh, I think everybody loves a comic book, it just seems like, right? When there's, when there's good pictures and good stories and you put the two together and that's great. And so that's what we have each time we have one of these brochures. Uh, we have both of those, so that's good. Good things in the bulletin and some things coming up we'll announce in a few moments. For now, if you would, take your Bibles and let's open the Word of God together <clears throat> to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, we're looking into this new year and we want to see some things that will help us today. Many are looking ahead at the new year and they're looking through the lens of maybe some New Year's resolutions or perhaps some goals that they've set for themselves. And uh, all those are good. And I trust today's message will kind of complement that and, and lend a hand in that perspective. Second Kings chapter 5, if you found that, you can stand with us. We'll read the scriptures beginning in verse 1 and we'll read down through verse 12. So I'd like to have prayer, and then we'll begin reading right there in verse 1. All right, let's pray together. Father, how we love you today, how we thank you for your word. And we do pray, Lord, and ask that you just be our teacher and guide through the scriptures today. Bless the reading of your word. Use it to teach us, Lord, to help us, to build strength into our lives. Lord, we pray you just show us today where we need help, where we need to change. Lord, I pray you just point those things out to us. Show us what you'd have us do individually and personally from what we learned today in your word. And we will thank you, Lord. We do thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 5. The Bible says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. 
And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away a captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus, the little maid that is of the king of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go, uh, go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God, to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and, and stand and call on the name of his, uh, the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Arbana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. I'd like to speak on this thought this morning. Things that prevent blessing. Things that prevent blessing. Thank you. you may be seated. Can you imagine how terrible it would be if this story ended right there? Here Naaman, the great warrior of Samaria, has come to Israel to be cleansed of his leprosy because a little girl knew there was a man of God in town who could do such things and, and he would be healed. That word was given, he came his way, but when the instructions were received, he was greatly disappointed. So much so, the Bible says he turned and went away from his healing in a rage. Wow. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what the story would have been like if, if that's the way it ended? If Naaman walked away forever from his own cleansing of leprosy, from his own healing, went back to Samaria and died a leper. All because... A few things got in his way, and he wasn't cleansed. Wouldn't that be a shame? As we look on a new year, 2022, 
Many have made New Year's resolutions, set goals, and, and dream of accomplishing great things. But between you and those things are sometimes obstacles. I'm talking about today obstacles of our own making. Things that we do that get in the way of what we want, what we're trying to accomplish, and where we're trying to go. It was true for Naaman. He had some things in his path, some obstacles in the way. They were things of his own making that were going to prevent him from the greatest blessing of his life. Isn't it interesting when we fail to receive great blessings, how quick we are to point the finger, well, this, that, and the other, if my circumstances would have been right, if I had been a little bit better off, if I was in a better position. All kind of reasons we make up of why we, well, we could have succeeded if things had been like this. When in reality, we could have succeeded if we had just made a few changes. Obstacles of our own making. There are things that hinder growth in your life. There are things that hold you back from the things that you're trying to accomplish, trying to move forward. Maybe this year you might deal with some of these. Things that hold people back in general are things like laziness, indecisiveness, have trouble making decisions, procrastination. Just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off like having a schedule or a budget. How about lack of preparation? We just don't do the work beforehand. We just try to wing it and accomplish things without doing our homework. Disorganization. How many problems have been created just because we're not organized? How many opportunities have we missed because of that? How about negative self-talk? The things that we say and then believe to ourselves that keep us from doing what God wants us to do. How about bitterness? Or maybe this one, overcommitment. Maybe for you it's distractions or fear of the unknown. You know, there's a lot of things that hold people back. We really could keep on going. These are some of the more prevalent ones. Isn't it interesting that to overcome these, any, anything that's on this list, there could be things we didn't even talk about, but most of the things that hold people back can be overcome. But you have to be willing to change in, over, in order to overcome them. You know, change is the hard part for us, isn't it? Because as, as human creatures... Our, our real problem underneath all that is we just kind of get comfortable with the way things are. And when we get settled in to the way things are, we're comfortable there, and we don't want to put forth the effort that's required to change the way things are so that we can be that better version of ourselves that gets those things done. We often see the results that need to change, but we don't see... What needs to change to get us to those results? We don't see the real problems that are causing our failures. Naaman was no different. 
We talk about blind spots to our growth and blind spots in life, and we all have them. When we read this story, you and I have a sideline view. We're looking on to the scene. We're not there, and we're not under the pressure of these decisions. And so it's easy for us to point and say, oh, well, he should do this, he should do that, he shouldn't do this. People call those kind of critics armchair quarterbacks, right? It's easy to sit in the recliner and watch the game and say, well, the coach should have called this play or that play. You're only saying that after the play has been run. Before the play had been run, you didn't know what play to call either. <laughs> but it's easy, isn't it, after the fact to say, well, this is, it's plain and simple what should have happened. You know, we only say that but because we know not only the action that was taken, but we know the reaction that was given to that action. And when we give our critique, we're assuming that the reaction would be the same. And we, we say to ourselves, well, if I take this action in the face of that reaction, I could win. They could win. <laughs> the problem is every action has a different reaction. If they had run that play, it may not have turned out the way you saw it. But in any case, in order to win, we have to overcome the obstacles, right? We have to deal with the things that get in the way. Let me show you some things that, that were getting in the way for Naaman. Things that can get in the way in our lives as well if we're not careful. So we have an opportunity this morning to learn from Naaman so that we don't make the same mistakes in our life. Notice what he did. The Bible says that Naaman had some problems. He, he needed healing, didn't he? Leprosy is pretty bad. I guess in our day, the equivalent of that would be cancer. And if someone walked up to you and said, hey, I have the cure for cancer, wouldn't you, wanna, wouldn't you be interested in that? Wouldn't you want to receive that, especially if you were a cancer patient? You would say, certainly. Sign me up. Well, so Naaman was a leper, and he was told how to get healing. He went to the man of God who could provide that, and when the instructions were given... Something went wrong. Naaman was earnestly seeking his healing. He was sincere, but he almost missed this blessing completely because of a few things that got in his way. Let me show you the first one. And I'm going back to look at the wording here because I want to I point you back to, to what he said. Look at verse 11. The Bible says when Naaman got those instructions from the prophet Elisha, the Bible says Naaman was wroth, he was angry. And he went away and said, behold, he said, I thought. Look at his explanation. Verse 11. I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord as God. What Naaman is saying here is he's having a problem. There's something that's getting in the way of him being blessed and receiving healing. What is it? It's the problem of opinion. Naaman could not receive this healing because it didn't come to him in the package that he thought it should come. Has that ever happened to you before? Somebody gives you a gift, but it's not in the package you expect for it to be. Now, you know, we just had Christmas, and so we think of gifts and packaging. You know, at that time of year, it's like, hey, forget the package. Let's see what's inside, right? We, we know that's where the goodies are. 
But Naaman got hung up on the packaging. And that reminds me, being a parent, that reminds me of the, of the younger days when our kids were little. You know, because children are the ones, are they not? That set the gift aside and play with the box. They're the ones that get caught up with the packaging. And aren't we being very childish when we do the same? Naaman was so caught up in his opinion of the way he thought things should go that he couldn't get a hold of the blessing. Did you know that opinion can prevent you from seeing the truth? And Naaman's opinion in this passage, it's keeping him from realizing that he's, he's, he's listening to the instructions that will cause him to be cleansed. He missed it. He went to the prophet's house. He had an experience. The experience wasn't what he expected, and he blew up. Well, think about that. Okay, so are you going to let your opinion keep you from the greatest blessing of your life? Did you know your opinion can be based on the wrong thing? Be based on the wrong thing. It's funny, but his opinion is so strong, that's all he can see. And I know this is real because I've dealt with people who are the same way. And I guess at times I've been the same way. This is a human trait. I know some struggle with this more than others, but I think we all can relate. And I believe this is why God doesn't want us to think too highly of ourselves, like Romans chapter 12 tells us. Because your opinion can be based on the wrong thing. His opinion was based on the way he thought he would be received by the prophet. Hey, you know what? We have to just come to this conclusion that our opinions can be wrong. Do you know that? Do you know that you can be wrong? Now, this may be a first experience for some of you, but God wants us to understand that we often are wrong. As a matter of fact, when we come to the Lord and embrace him as our Savior, that's the first thing we have to learn is that we're wrong. The first truth you have to accept in order to be a Christian is that we're guilty. We're sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God because before we come into contact with the Bible and before we hear the gospel, before we know who Jesus really is, we think we're pretty good. And you know what? We have to learn that our opinion of self is totally wrong. When we come to the Bible and we hear the gospel, we see how God sees us. And it's nothing at all like we see us. The reason Jesus came and died on an old rugged cross is because he saw us as sinners. Hey, did you know on one occasion Jesus was teaching his disciples? And you can read about it in Luke chapter 11. And he was talking to them about giving. And he said, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more do you think your heavenly Father knows? Listen, he called them evil in that moment. Did you catch that? And when I saw that word, he didn't say imperfect. 
He didn't say growing. <laughs> he said, if you then being evil. Whoa. You know, because we certainly do not think of ourselves as evil. Come on. But that's what he said. It kind of reveals to us how dark sin really is. And how lost we really were before we met Christ. We just didn't realize how hopeless of a case we were. Think about this. I'll tell you how hopeless of a case you were. Saving you required the Son of God to come down to earth and die himself. That's how hopeless. Wow. Man, that's just, that's some tall truth right there. That's hard, that's hard isn't it? And you know, learning the Bible and coming to know Christ, it puts us on a journey of learning ourselves and getting acquainted with us the way God sees us. And one of the first things we have to learn in, in the realm of Christianity and being a believer is that our opinions are often wrong. Just because you think it doesn't make it right. Just because you're convinced doesn't mean that you're right. Just because that's the way it makes sense to you doesn't mean you're right. Naaman was wrong. And we ended the story in verse 12 when he went away in, the, in a rage, the Bible says. And, and I know there's more. I'm going to read a couple of verses in a few moments, but I want you to understand. If nothing had ha else had happened... Naaman would have missed the greatest blessing of his entire life all because his own opinion got in the way. Wouldn't that be sad? Wouldn't that be sad for you to miss an opportunity in 2022? Something God wants you to do and, and he opens the door, but you can't go through it because your opinion keeps you away. Your opinion keeps you from walking through that door, from making that change, from, from taking that opportunity, whatever the case might be. Hey, beware. Be careful. Be wise. And don't let your opinion keep you from what God has for you. Because your opinion can be wrong. But that wasn't the only problem. Had Naaman only had one obstacle in his way, had he only had one problem in his life, maybe he could have seen around it or got past it. But he had a few. He had another problem. Naaman, the Bible says, was captain of the host of the king of Syria in verse 1. It says he was a great man with his master. Hey, when the king thinks you're a great man, whoo, man, you're somebody, right? The, the problem in Naaman's life wasn't that the king thought he was somebody. The problem in Naaman's life is that he thought he was somebody. Boy, that'll give you some, some problem. That'll warp your perspective real good. Well, it did. And the Bible says in verse 11, Naaman said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me. 
You know, one of the things that tripped Naaman up was not just the instructions he was given, but in the way in which they were given. You see, the Bible says that Elisha, in verse 10, he sent a messenger with instructions for Naaman. You know, you've got to understand, in, in the realm of God's power, this cleansing of leprosy, this is like small stuff, nickel and dime. God is able to do so much more than that. And so Elisha just sends a messenger, hey, tell him what to do. Just tell him to go dip seven times. It, simple, easy, done. But on the outside, here's Naaman with his entourage. And in his mind, remember, he's a great man. And he trips over the fact that this messenger comes out. And he's thinking, well, shouldn't the prophet himself should have come? Doesn't he know who I am? He sends this measly messenger to me? Wow. It's the problem of pride. Oh, don't we all have that? Man, that trips us up so often, doesn't it? Naaman is being tripped up by his own pride. He's about to miss the greatest blessing of his life, being healed of leprosy, all because in his mind, the prophet should have come himself to see me. Isn't that crazy? But you know, we do the same thing, don't we? We do the same thing. Can I just say that's one of the reasons why many churches stay small? Because everybody expects the pastor to do everything. He's only one person. And in order for a church to get larger than a certain size, the pastor at some point has to be able to delegate things to other people. When this, when this step happens, sometimes people get tripped up. Some churches get tripped up because pride sets in. And people say, well, I expected the pastor to come himself to visit me. Right? Well, let me ask you a question. Is it wrong for a brother in Christ to visit you? Is it unscriptural for a Sunday school teacher to visit you? Or a deacon? Or a team leader? No. But pride gets us sometimes, doesn't it? I remember a lady got really upset with me one time because I didn't visit her in the hospital. I said, I didn't know she was in the hospital. Nobody told me. You know, sometimes the pastor is the last one to know. Because the grapevine just, you know, it, it takes a while to get around that far. The pastor's usually at the end of the grapevine, you know, not in the middle. And so because of that, you know, he often gets it a little late. So I got the news a little late. Not only did I hear that she was in the hospital, but at the same time I heard she was mad at me because I didn't visit her in the hospital. <laughs> I'm going, oh, well. <laughs> That's not something I could fix if I wanted to because I didn't know. And what's a pastor to do when you have some people saying, come visit me, and you have other people saying, don't come? Right? I remember I took a church in Georgia many years ago, and 
And I mean, right off the bat, one of the, one of the gentlemen in the, in the congregation came up and said, okay, pastor. He said, I'm just going to tell you, don't show up at my house uninvited. Man, Brother Brennan, he was dead serious, man. He was like, he was cooking the hog right there. He was, hey, man, just telling you right now. <laughs> okay. Well, so this was a new group of people. It was a totally new place. I didn't know these people. And so that kind of set me on edge right off the bat. I thought, okay, well, I guess I need to have an appointment before I go anywhere. I don't want to offend somebody, you know. You don't, sometimes people don't realize how much pressure is on a pastor in the area of expectations. Because, you know, so often we don't really make those clear at all. <laughs> some people want to be visited. Some people don't want to be visited. Some people want counseling. Some don't want to be counseled. Some don't even want you to know they have a problem. Right? It's because you're the pastor. Well, if anybody else, they, would, they wouldn't mind. But, you know, they got to look good in front of you. So they don't want you to know that. Isn't it crazy? Can I just tell you all that stuff is pride? It's just pride. But it's buried down here. And we all have to deal with pride on some level. And pride right here was really getting in Naaman's way because he was expecting one-on-one -on -one personal treatment from the prophet. And if he didn't come out himself, well, bless God, I'm, just going, I'm going home. Okay. But guess what happens to the person, to the couple, to the church that gives in to pride? Guess what? You not the preacher, not the man of God, you are going to be the one who misses the blessing. Okay, Naaman, stomp off in a rage, go home. Guess what? You think you're punishing the pastor by not being there or not doing the thing, you know, or you think you're punishing the church by not showing up? No, 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 no. Listen, the one who's missing the blessing is Naaman. He's about to miss it because he's going to walk off in a huff. Well, right? Man, pride just gets us so easily. Pride kept Naaman from cooperating. Pride caused Naaman to seek God's blessing on his own terms. And we often do that with God. We expect God to solve our problem our way in our time frame, don't we? Pride caused, caused Naaman here to turn his back and walk away from God's offering of healing. And he was about to miss it. Now that would have been hard enough. Opinion and pride, those are tough obstacles. But they weren't the only ones. Naaman has a couple other things. Let me, let me show them to you. I call this and you have to excuse me, I, call, I learned this in Georgia, all right? I'm just going to be honest. It's, it probably exists other places. I'm sure it does. But it's where I became familiar with it. I'm calling it the problem of hype. What does that mean? Well, look what he said, verse 11. Naaman was struggling with the problem of hype because he said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. 
And isn't it interesting? I, I, know, it, I know it's true in, in South Georgia where they think, uh, you know, you got to be uh, preaching like this if uh, it's going to be real Bible preaching. Uh, it's got to sound just like this. <laughs> That's real original, isn't it? What is that? Man, it's, it's hype. It's hype. Let's just be honest. Okay, some struggle with this more than others, but there's just something in us. We just want to be stimulated. We want it to be exciting. We go to church, you know, and people are swinging off the chandeliers, and we say, whoo, God showed up. Man, look, he was there before you got there. And the Bible says where two or more gather in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Look, God is in that congregation that has a monotone pastor preaching or that has a visiting missionary and they don't jump up and down. God's in that service just as much as he is where the evangelist is running to and fro and people are getting excited and running around the building. God's in all of that. And by the way, our God likes variety. Have you noticed? Look at all the stuff he made. I mean, just take the birds, for example. My wife loves birds and she likes to watch and look how many variations and colors and sounds there are just, just in the bird kingdom. God loves all that. And you know what? I believe God loves people who sit still and quiet in church, just like he loves people that get loud. He does. He loves them both. And he loves all the types in between. God loves the people that like to sing southern gospel and quartet music just as much as he loves those that like to sing what we call opera and high church music. Guess what? God loves all that. God loves people that like to sing a cappella just as much as he loves people that like to sing with music and piano and CDs and everything else. Because God loves it when all of us worship him from the heart in any of those ways or styles. Isn't it interesting? The Bible don't say a lot about style, does it? The Bible just says worship him in song. That's, pretty, that's a pretty broad term. Worship him in song. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Yeah, okay. Those words don't really draw lines where we would like them to be drawn. Maybe because that's, where, maybe because, that's because God didn't put lines there. We did. It's hype. <laughs> we just get excited about the stuff that gets us excited. But you know what? We've got to get to the point where it's okay if it doesn't come in that package. And I used to tell our folks at church, look, we may have an evangelist that gets excited and jumps up and down, or we may have one that just stands behind the pulpit. But if they're both telling us the truth and preaching the word of God, then we should get something out of both messages. We should love them both. And we should respond. We've got to get to the place in our Christian lives, where we get something out of every message, every lesson, every sermon, every meeting, right? Because we're seeking God in that. Not the preacher. Not the personality. Our faith needs to be deeper than that. It needs to be more mature than that. Right? We don't need to go back to the childhood days where we play with the box and not the toy. But that's what we're doing in church when we get caught up on all the hype and we miss the real message and what's being said.
and what's being taught. Am I right? Naaman had a problem. It was hype. He had another problem. This problem is still true today. People call it different things today. But it's still around. It's what I call the problem of prejudice. Prejudice. That's an old word, isn't it? You had not heard that in a while. That's because the media is calling it something else now. They're using the wrong label. And all that does is create confusion and hard feelings. The word is prejudice. It's always been around. And it will always be around. And we're going to have to grow up and learn how to deal with this. Just like Naaman's going to have to. Prejudice. Did you hear what he said? Naaman, okay. Naaman was, he was a little prejudiced. Did you notice? Look what he said. He said in verse 12, Are not Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? (laughs) Why did he say that? Well, because he was from there. So what he was saying is, aren't our rivers better than your rivers? Come on. River water is river water, okay? I, I understand the Jordan was a little muddier. Okay. Does that make it better, worse? Well, it probably depends on your purpose. But if your purpose is to get cleansed from leprosy, and the prophet said go dip in Jordan, then guess what? Abana and Farpar are not better because the prophet said dip in Jordan. Hello? Yeah, but that didn't settle too good on... Naaman, because he was having a little problem of prejudice right here. He liked those better. Right? And sometimes, I'm just telling you that when you and I have prejudice in our life, we prefer this better than that. It can get in the way of what God wants us to do. And if you're going to really be what God wants you to be, you're going to have to learn to put aside prejudice. Because the Bible teaches us in the book of James that we should be without partiality. And when you're without partiality, you could dip in this river or that one. Lord, which one? And Naaman didn't even have to ask the question. God already told him which one. But you see his answer. It was because he hadn't dealt with his own prejudice. He was having a problem with that. You know, it's easy, isn't it, that things like this Get in the way. And if the story ended like this, Naaman never would have been cleansed from his leprosy because of his opinion, because of pride, because of hype, because of prejudice. Oh, silly things. Is it really worth it, Naaman? Are these things really that important that you're going to walk away from, from being healed of leprosy? You're going to walk away from a miracle because of that? Because they didn't name the the river you wanted to dip in? Come on. Yes. He would have walked away. The problem was that real. He would have missed it entirely. But thank God, there was a couple of people in his entourage 
that had a tender heart and a little common sense. And they came up to Naaman and started reasoning with him. They had to help him see around his own hardened perspective. They had to get him to see this from another angle. Only then could Naaman overcome himself and have what God was trying to give to him, the cleansing that he so desperately needed. And maybe that's why God sends people into our lives that have a different perspective, that have a tender heart, that have enough patience to put their arm around us and try to get us to see something from another point of view. Maybe that's God trying to say, hey, take another look. I got something I'm trying to give you here. Look what happened. Verse 13, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Wow. They said, Boss, look, if he had told you to go conquer some kingdom to be healed, wouldn't you have done that? Well, yeah. Well, then why not, why not do the simple thing if you would do the hard thing? So look what happened. Verse 14, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Oh, do you see that? Hey, can I tell you a little secret? It really wasn't about Jordan or Farpar. It wasn't about the rivers of Israel or the rivers of Damascus. Do you know what the secret to this really was? It's the same secret that you and I have to learn in the Christian life. If you want God's blessing, it comes only one way. The secret is, you ready? Obedience. That's it. In order for Naaman to be cleansed, he just had to obey what the prophet said. Just do what God asked you to do. So when Naaman finally became obedient, God blessed him and healed him. He was clean. Hey, he left a new man. But think about it. You'd leave a new man too or a new woman if you changed your opinion got rid of pride, let go of hype, and push down that prejudice that so often gets in our way. Just step right over that. You know, we need to get to where we can love all God's children. We need to get to where we respect other people the way we want to be respected. That doesn't mean we always get personal one-on-one attention. Remember, that was a different problem. Overcoming prejudice is real, and we need to do that. 
Hey, and whether you're, maybe, maybe you can relate, maybe some of these are real in your life. Or, or maybe going back to the beginning, maybe it is indecisiveness or procrastination, failing to plan, lack of preparation, disorganization, negative self-talk, bitterness, overcommitment, distractions, fear of the unknown. Or maybe it's just old-fashioned resistance to change. You know, like we've never done it that way before. Hey, whatever it is that's holding you back, my challenge to you is don't let it keep you from great blessings ahead. You never know. 2022 might be the year God might do the greatest thing right here in this coming year. But in order to get that blessing, just like Naaman, and you might have to overcome some of these. Don't resist change. Don't be so afraid of the unknown. What it's like on the other side of that. Hey, I'm going to tell you what it's like on the other side. It's blessed. Clean. Healed. Right? Oh, man, it's all good over here. But if you stay over there, it's always going to be what it's always been. You know, you and I have the same choice naming, mate. We demand it get done our way, or we go away in a rage, or we humble ourselves, change some things, and do it God's way. Hey, that's our choice. How about you this morning? I don't know about you, but I don't want to Let these things prevent blessing in my life. I don't want to miss it because I was wrong or because I was stubborn or because of hype or prejudice or something like that. I don't want there to be some habit in my life like lack of organization or or any of those things, procrastination. I don't want any of those little things to keep me from great blessings. Do you? It requires a little effort. And maybe a whole lot of humility. But if we're willing to change and overcome, man, there's no limit to what God can do. Amen? Let him have his way in your life this coming year. As you look ahead, some of these obstacles may be familiar to you. Decide today that you're just going to humble yourself and you're going to resolve to overcome them, and don't let them keep you from the blessings that God has in the path ahead. Who knows? Who knows what God wants to do, what he will do, what he may do on the other side of those things. Amen? God is so good. Let's bow our head in prayer. Father, how we love you today, and we thank you for your goodness. Lord, and we thank you because you called us overcomers, just like Naaman. (laughs) This is such a beautiful story because he was cleansed and healed. Lord, it's a beautiful story because he overcame himself in order to get healed. And if he can, Lord, then we can too. We can overcome ourselves. We can change. We can make a difference. We can be what you've called us to be. And so help us today. 
Help us to overcome these obstacles that are in our path to prevent some of the blessings along the way in our lives. Lord, we love you enough just to ask you to help us. Help us be strong enough to overcome in this year of 2022. In Jesus' name we pray.